grinder down and turn your radio up. This is the Vermont to Wanna Podcast. Lighting up the airwaves. And now, here's your host, rolling it up nice and tight, Eli Herring. Welcome back, Vermont Tawana Podcast, Episode 7, Elevate the State. We have got an awesome episode this week. We have got Part 2 of our interview with Eli Atticus Jagger. He's a Vermont native, been living out in Washington, and he's going to be writing for Hedy Vermont about his experiences in the world of trimigration. Spent some time up in Northern California in an undisclosed location. We talk about some of the sketchier stuff he heard out there, stories from the trim scene, and also some of his future plans as somebody who's a millennial that would love to be involved in this scene in Burlington, Vermont, his hometown, but unfortunately is not going to be able to for a while. So we talk a little bit about some of that, what circumstance would have to change, but before we get into that, let's do a little rundown of the national, and this week international news, regional and local happenings in the world of cannabis. Everybody recognize that sound? That is bacon on the stove. Guys, this email newsletter is brought to you by the Sunday Stash. Whether you're cooking up bacon on the grill, carving turns out on the hill, we got you covered. All the best marijuana media in one place, one spot, the Sunday Stash. We got the subscribe link over on the website, headyvermont.com. Go over and absolutely smash that thing. And then share it with five-year friends and ask them to subscribe too because that is our main way to get all the word out. We know you guys are already following us on Facebook, checking us on Instagram, but that newsletter, that's going to get you everything. And it comes out once a week. It's a nice discreet packaging, you know? So really check that out. That's our sponsor this week. We sponsor ourselves. It's an independent venture here and and we like it that way. So go check out the Sunday Stash newsletter. And now, welcome back to the podcast. All right. So this week we start out the news in Montreal, a place that is near and dear to the hearts of many Vermonters as the closest major city. Canada has been going through an interesting transition period in which Prime Minister Trudeau has been very supportive of legalization and called for it on the broad adult use spectrum, but at the same time, really cracking down on the enforcement of the existing regulations and hearing reports about dispensaries being shut down, ones that have been allowed to operate for a long time, and really the Canadian government trying to get these places in compliance and move forward towards a regulated state-controlled system. This past week, those of you may be familiar with Mark and Jody Emery, they are two legends in the world of cannabis activism. One of the things that Mark Emery does a lot is get arrested. These guys moved into Montreal with their uh, their company Cannabis Culture uh, very, very publicly, let people know they were going to be doing it, opening up dispensaries, and technically violating the, uh, the law. So to nobody's surprise, they were arrested by the Canadian authorities recently, and in an act of civil disobedience, which I would say is very admirable, Mark Emery is once again in jail for cannabis. So for Vermonters, we think a lot about, for everybody in New England, really, you know, the impact of legalization in Canada is going to be huge. I think something like 80% of the Canadian population lives within 100 miles of the U.S. border. 
Obviously, we have very tight regulations. Would not recommend anybody transporting cannabis or any illegal substance across the border, as always. But their cannabis culture has and certainly will continue to have an impact on us. So it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold in Montreal, which may be surprising to some people who have gone up there for bachelor parties, is more more conservative than a lot of other parts of Canada. Um, so starting off the news there in Montreal, another notable national story this week was the CB was the DEA, pardon me, changing their coating of CBD marijuana extracts. Now, a lot has been made about this. It's been reported quite a bit. I think one of the more interesting things to take out of this, not the details, is just kind of the way that the media covers any news, and that includes cannabis news. Again, Tom Angel uh, from Marijuana Majority, Marijuana.com, did some of the best reporting on this and got a lot of details out before. The initial ruling came out and people were losing their heads. Huffington Post actually had to pull the article they had written initially about it uh, because it was quite alarmist and, and fairly inaccurate. You know, there's so much gray area in this world, but the CBD industry is one that has been pretty well defined and insulated as being legal. And so it'd be very surprising if, if this DEA regulation actually changes anything. I would encourage you to check out in the latest issue of the Sunday Stash, we posted a link to a thread on Reddit that Green Mountain CBD, great Vermont company that's growing organic CBD products, they don't talk to us directly and that's cool, we, uh, we like what they do, and that includes going on Reddit and talking a lot about this. So if you're on Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, look up Green Mountain CBD because they really got a great thread going and got into some of the specifics about this. Now, closer to home here in New England, it was a big week guys, Massachusetts, Prohibition ended on Thursday, December 15th, and I want to give a big shout out to Ardent Cannabis, to Chanel, to uh, Michael and Nicole from the Mass Patients Advocacy Alliance. Some of the people who have been really involved in the scene down there, it's, it's been really cool to watch Massachusetts kind of build this community of businesses, organizations, activists who really are collaborating together and, and making change happen. And as we saw on Thursday night, a lot of us were here on the computer in Vermont in a non-legal state watching pictures on Facebook of an end of prohibition party where people of all ages, of all income levels, of all backgrounds and, and you know um, ethnic backgrounds, religions, all coming together and consuming cannabis legally. Now in Massachusetts, there's still not a regulated sales system uh, outside of the dispensaries that will probably kick in January 1st, 2018, starting with medical dispensaries. But it is now legal to possess, I believe, 10 ounces per month. You can gift one ounce at a time, and you can grow up to six plants at a time. So really a big congratulations again to our to our friends in Massachusetts, and a shout out to all of them who are uh, millions, millions less criminals in Massachusetts right now. Also in New England, Maine had a very close referendum vote. As you guys might recall, it was about... I think half a percent point was the margin. There were a lot of uh, people who were caregivers who were involved in the medical industry who were not supportive of the adult use referendum. And it looks like after the recount, uh, the anti side, uh, the no on question one side, has given it up. So Maine, the recount questions are officially over. That referendum is standing. And so Maine also has officially legalized marijuana. We'll get back to more on Maine and talk about when that takes effect, but congratulations again to our friends around the region. 
Now here in the Green Mountain State, it was a big week of news. It always is when you're paying attention. And where do you guys get all the news? It's from Hedy Vermont. If you want to know what's going on in the world of cannabis in the Green Mountain State, HeddyVermont.com is your resource. I'd advise you all to check out the Facebook page, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. A lot of stuff going on on Twitter. I love that format. And also make sure you sign up for the Sunday Stash, where we get everything in one place and one spot. You can pretty much just spend an hour reading the website and get caught up on an entire week's worth of work. It takes me way more than one hour to put together research and write. So, Petty Vermont for all of your Vermont cannabis news. Let's start in the world of politics here in Vermont, where we have learned, much to my surprise actually, that there is going to be a new commissioner of public safety. Now, public safety is not only in charge of the Vermont State Police, but the Vermont Crime Information Center, which oversees the Vermont Marijuana Registry. Yes, the State Police are in charge of overseeing our medical marijuana program. One of the factors that has caused it to, uh, I would say, lag behind other states as far as the number of people who are registered, the way that it's been allowed or not allowed to grow and expand as far as new dispensaries opening up, Um, and new people getting involved, plant counts. So there's actually going to be a new commissioner of public safety. Now, what do we know about this individual? Not a lot yet, but that's why you got to stay tuned to Hedy Vermont and the Vermont to Want a podcast, because you bet your ass, we are putting putting calls out there, putting feelers out there. We're going to try to figure out uh, what this individual's stance is going to be. Spoiler alert, uh, this person's the head of the state police. So honestly, don't expect too much as far as someone who's going to come in and be a real game changer. Now in another one of a lieutenant, well, not lieutenant governor, another one of governor-elect Phil Scott's appointees that was recently announced is the head of the Department of Commerce. This individual is Michael Sherling, who is the former head, he's the former chief of police in Burlington, our state's largest city. Uh, He's also spent some time with BTV Ignite, so he has been, you know, outside of the outside of law enforcement for a while, and apparently that experience was enough to get him appointed to uh, the Secretary of Commerce. So, if you're wondering what former police chief and now Secretary Sherling's stance on marijuana is, I would encourage you to check out the Hedy Vermont Facebook page and the Sunday Stash newsletter. We actually were there in the State House in March when he testified. This was not as a police chief, but as the head of BTV Ignite. And frankly, it was some disappointing testimony, uh, but maybe not altogether unsurprising. So we'll see. Maybe his tune has changed since March. We'd like to think so. But that was one of the bigger events that's happened here in town. Again, stay tuned. HeddyVermont.com. We have got all of the latest and greatest info, including some really exciting announcements coming up about some big name interviews, some big time events. We're also doing a social media promotion, calling it Heady Shreddy. Heady Shreddy, brah. Uh, if you guys like to get outside in the wintertime, and if you live in Vermont, you better, because I don't know what the hell else you're going to do, take some pictures. Tag us on Instagram. Tag us on Facebook. Use the hashtag Heady Shreddy. Tag Heady Vermont. And we're going to give away free Smoke Local shirts and other Heady Vermont swag. Not because we have a lot of money, but because we want to show love, and we appreciate anyone who takes the time to engage with us. Shout out to our friend Hedy Nar 802 who was the winner of week one contest. To be honest, I'll probably post uh, my own picture on week two because I happen to get a sick shot up here at Burke Mountain. But really, HeddyShreddy.com. Stay in touch, guys. We want to know what you want to hear, 
We want to know what is most interesting and compelling to you. What questions do you have? And really, what can we do to help further elevate the state together? So again, HeddyVermont.com. And without further ado, let's get into part two of one of the more interesting interviews that we've had. This is with Eli Atticus Jagger, Vermont native who has been living out in Washington. We talk in this section about, I'm laughing because we talk about ganja farmers for Trump, some surprising reactions from the election during which he was actually in this undisclosed location at the trim scene um, and was clearly very surprised by some of the feedback that he got. We also talk about some sketchy stories that he heard from folks about other trim sites that kind of give you an idea of how real shit can really get out there and talk to Lyle about his ideas and plans for the future, some of which include Vermont, some of which hopefully include Vermont, some of which don't include Vermont yet until we get our shit together and change some laws. So without further ado, Eli Atticus Jagger, part two. Had you kind of made a contingency plan beforehand, like, hey, if I'm not back in three weeks, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, um, we that was definitely a concern. We were definitely um, concerned about when we were leaving. Um, we weren't bringing, you know, any any weed with us. We were bringing, you know, we all bought an ounce because everyone's allowed to have it. You know, we were there for the end of you know, for uh, the legalization in California. So we just brought as much as we legally could, but we, but it would have been really lucrative for us to bring more coming off the mountain. But we, that was part of our concerns. We, we know there's people, both police and also, you know, car, you know, maybe not, I guess, cartels and other drug, drug people like around the mountain. And we, you know, didn't want to risk that coming off the mountain. Um, so that was sort of a big concern, but going there, um, you know, my, my girlfriend knew we were gone. And my parents knew I was trimming weed. And we sort of told people, you know, sort of like when you're going on a long hike, you're just like, I'm going to the mountains. So if I hurt myself and I'm not back, like, just know that I'm out there. So people people did know. And I think some of our concerns were, you know, sort of lessened by the fact that we're going to sort of like, is the, is the scene, you know, worrisome? Have you guys been fucked with at all? And it's like, no, we we haven't really in a long time and we have, you know, we have two security guys who are there and we have a big security system with a bunch of cameras and no one's sneaking up on us and we're all good guys. And, you know, there's a bunch of farms around us. It's this whole community of growers and it's not like a bad scene where we're all defending ourselves and people are getting shot. It's just kind of a chill. Yeah. I think, and I think that's what people imagine from the outside and why, you know, I'm super interested to read, more of the more of your experiences from being out there because I think people imagine one extreme or the other like you said where you're like in this fortress with all these sketchy people you know or it's this total hippie utopia and it's just like fucking barefoot walking around you know (laughs) definitely neither of those yeah it was somewhere between there which is which is really interesting um because there were definitely moments where like yeah this is fine it's totally normal and there were other moments where like this is pretty pretty fucking weird you know I'm not (laughs) used to seeing automatic assault rifles you know <laughs> like not and and what's weird is you see this really heavy security people and these really heavy weapons and then you just like talk to this guy and you're like you're not gonna like fucking do anything you're you're, you're this guy yeah, you're fucking high and, too uh, <laughs> yeah so like that was pretty interesting but um there were no real concerns there were definitely like there were not many concerns going into it but there were definitely times we were there and we're like hey you know do you have any like crazy stories about like when you first started out and those stories you hear are like, Whoa, 
I, yeah, holy shit. Yeah, I did not uh, see the kidnapping his grandmother part coming. That is extreme. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll tell you a quick story. This other grower who works sort of down the road came by, and he would just come by randomly. Super weird dude would just, like, show up with a gun on his hip. And it's like, you know, just, like, totally strange. He was sort of friends, but, like, we asked him why he carried the gun, like, because the security guy here doesn't like me, and we got in a fight once. It's like, that's why you carry a gun? Like, pretty <laughs> fucking strange. But uh, he was there once, and we were all just hanging out, telling stories. It was one of the days we all felt like talking, and he comes by, and we're like, hey, you know, <clears throat> what's, the, what's the craziest thing that happened on the farm, uh, you know, on your farm? And he's like, oh, well, there was that time uh, two guys died on my farm. And we're like, What? two guys like died on your farm. What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, I, uh, I went grocery shopping and I came home and there were, uh, three dudes stealing a bunch of plants from my farm. So I, uh, grabbed my like felling ax, you know, my, my wood splitting ax, hit one guy in the head and shot the other guy in the face. And they both died. And it's just like, Whoa! <laughs> you mean the farm like a mile away from here? Yeah, yeah, that's that the, that's the place where you split the guy's head up with the axe. Okay. Yeah, like holy shit! That's just wow. that's that's way more than I was you know expecting when I asked that question. I was like, oh, it was the time the guy got really high or like something. <laughs> Not you committed a dumb double homicide. Like holy right. crap! And like you know, you don't get the sense that this is like the norm, but people have these stories, like even the chill places, like, um, you know, where I was, where I was trimming, we asked them, you know, sort of what's, what's some stuff that's happened. And it's like, well, you know, our, our second year there, um, people, people just robbed us. Like in the middle of the night, people just showed up and tied us up and took all our weed and pistol whipped me in the face. And I have a huge scar across my face from getting pistol whipped. And, uh, yeah, they stole our plant, all our plants. And we didn't make any money that year. And it was horrible. And I thought I was going to die. And it's like, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, wow. Talk about a sophomore and, slump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and it's like, oh, don't worry. That was like three years ago. And that's why, uh, that's why like this guy's here. And uh, there were, there were security people there, um, which was interesting. There were actually some of the nicer people there. Um, but it was interesting to like hang out with these people who are just like ripping bombs all day and just like trimming weed and being sort of zany and funny and then you're like hey like how did this you know what's this about and it's like oh yeah that's the time like this horrifying nightmare happened on the farm (laughs) what (laughs) so to sort of like have this sense of the farm as this like pretty peaceful you know it's a farm it's like it's beautiful there and uh and then to just know that sort of like at any time some stuff happens and uh, was was really interesting. It didn't really make me feel uncomfortable or worried. Um, I don't necessarily know why it didn't make me feel worried. Um, but probably all probably all the weed, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would imagine the it dank. Was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that that helped. Uh, but uh, you know, I wasn't smoking too much. But uh, no, I mean, like, it's was, just it, it's such a funny, like, you know, uh, circle of of anxiety and and and, and traumatic <laughs> stress, where it's like, yep. So now we're back here again, you know, and that's all right. Uh, it's I'm just, worried about all this weed I have. I better smoke some of it. <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah. you know, and there was there was just so much as well. It's one thing. It 
it's so strange, you know, being sort of a pretty average to light sort of, uh, you know, weed smoker all my life, you know, I buy like a slice every once in a while. It's not a big deal. And I have my little grinder and my little pipe and I'm not like, I don't, I don't even own a bong. I just, I don't smoke very much. And uh, to go there and it's just like, you're trimming multiple pounds of weed a day. Right. And there's like, 10 people doing that uh, yeah day. are you just totally <laughs> you know I mean? like totally desensitized to the to the weed porn you know and you're just like handfuls uh, and handfuls and you're just like you know rolling comically huge joints because like oh yeah fuck it <laughs> i think i think the funniest thing i had is so we, we had these bins you know the, the tr- you trim into a bin to sort of collect the leaf because some people buy the leaf and they like press it into into stuff i don't really know much about that but um, you have these bins, and if you buy, like, one of the nicer bins, it'll have, like, a screen bottom, right. so you collect all the keef. And when we were there, it's like, do you guys want the keef? Because, like, they want all the leaf. You know, they want all the shake and stuff. And it's like, I presume they want the keef. And they're like, no, you can just have that. <laughs> I have in my hands right now a Ziploc bag with, like, uh, probably – half to three quarters of an ounce of keef yeah, yeah just just coins and coins and coins yeah yeah it's like i have a little i have my grinder that i've had for like eight years and i have like little, you know tiny silver dollar size thing of keef like now it's like what am i even gonna do with this and then like, like ziploc bag yeah yeah it's crazy i mean like i will i don't know if i will ever use all of that and uh, so it, it definitely does desensitize you when it's just like, you know, and I came back and my, my, one of my other roommates had just bought an ounce of like really beautiful strawberry cough weed and it's such in this really nice bag and it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just an ounce. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah up, seriously. You know? <laughs> Which is just like more weed than I've ever bought. You know, I was right. never going to buy an ounce, you know, it's, it's just pretty funny. Oh, that's and, so uh, – yeah, I mean just like the, you know, the, the size of scale and kind of – you know, it's got to be funny. And you were – I have to ask. I mean you were talking about uh, some of the people who are out there. Trump's America now, baby. Uh, yeah. You said you were, you were out that, there when the election happened and I wanted to hear about what the reaction was to, to Trump winning and also if people had an opinion on legalization in Cali passing because i've i've heard conflicting things and i know your situation doesn't speak for all growers but i'm i'm curious what the politics what it was like on election night and and frankly yeah, it, very je- i think everybody who's maybe listening to this is very jealous they weren't on a weed farm um to be yeah. able to cope with it <laughs> yeah it was definitely a beautiful place to be and kind of a weird place to be um so one thing that's worth mentioning is there was a there were basically two places you could trim where I was. There was the sort of the main house where people would hang out and just listen to music and watch football. There was a TV. There's no phone service or internet, but there was a TV with satellite. <coughs> um, so there was a house. People were listening to crazy rap music and watching football all day. Uh, I didn't really want to be in there, not really loving football and being sort of ambivalent about rap music. Uh, I do <laughs> like some rap, but not like they were just, it was just like biggie all day like how much biggie can you possibly listen to but that's sort of an aside and uh the other place you could trim was this that cabin i'd sort of alluded to before this eight foot by you know 16 foot was just sort of done in measurements of pieces of plywood you know that sort of division (laughs) of eight and four 
And uh, so it's this tiny cabin. And basically, um, the people I was trimming with um, were, you know, not to, I don't want to give away where they're from for sort of privacy reasons, but they're, they're not white people. And my roommate and I and the other person we brought are white. And some of the other people that would come from were also white. And we just sort of ended up being put in this cabin together. Like, it wasn't a conscious decision, but they called it the Caucasian station. <laughs> and it was just all these all these white dudes, like, trimming weed and, and one and one girl. And every once in a while, the uh, that Ecuadorian farmer would come in because she's like, I just can't listen to anymore, Biggie, and I need to be in here with you for a while. And uh, it, it wasn't like them being racist or anything. It was just like, somehow our i think our musical tastes like divided us and uh and also when they would bring in new people they would just put them in the cabin and if you unless you made a decision to go into the main room you just sort of stayed in the cabin um so anyway we were trimming in the cabin and it was you know election day and so we're, we're trimming like we want to make good numbers and like we should go we should go watch a little bit you know like we should go watch hillary win basically right. like we should make sure everything's okay and uh so we you know i would basically be trimming and then i'd be like hey, i want to break so i just go into the room and it's like <clears throat> hmm, trump uh trump seems to be up and then like i remember my roommate being like nah don't worry uh they're gonna make it seem close because like if they didn't, what would they be reporting on? It'd be boring and no one would watch the news. So they have to make it interesting. I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> that sounds so fucking and, uh, familiar. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, yeah. we're sitting there and it's just like not getting any better. And, and one interesting thing is like, everyone there is a Trump supporter. Like we, we didn't talk about politics. We're just trimming weed and talking about weed. And then we're just sort of sitting around and me and my roommate and my friend are just like, our faces are getting paler and paler and longer and longer. And just like, is this, is this happening? And they're all getting more and more stoked and like smoking more and drinking more. And they're like, you guys, fucking Trump's going to kick that dumb bitch Hillary's ass. And they're like, don't say that. Oh my God. <laughs> and then it, they're just like cheering. And then it, and then it happens. And then it, it's just, oh my God, she called Donald Trump. And they all are like, you know, only a few of them were really like, yeah, like, hell yeah, Trump, and like sort of like laughing about it. None of them were really like, you know, none of them voted, obviously. Um, <laughs> but none of them were like intense Trump supporters, but they were all, some of them, many of them were definitely like, yeah, fuck her, like definitely yeah. Trump. And, but no one was sad about it. Um, the The best response I got was from one of the other people, and we were, she was just like, why are you guys so upset? And it's like, uh, because Cheeto Mussolini is the fucking president. And she's like, he's not that bad. You know, like he's going to be fine. She's worse. And it's like, no, she's not. And she's like, oh, I don't, I just don't really care. And it's just like, so there was a comedy, there was definitely a spectrum of apathy to excitement, but no fear or nausea like what's happening and it's such a funny like this me and my friends one totally like what? just fucking like sums up this this election like you know concerned white people who like voted absentee before they went to work on the weed farm <laughs> like talking talking to <laughs> to people who are not white who are like fired up and who are like what the fuck are you guys worried about like <laughs> you know yeah. it's just such yeah. a such a perfect snapshot of of the absurdity of of 2016 you know it's such yeah. a it's like just such a surreal you know scene though to imagine like um 
you know, fucking pop farmers being being stoked about it. But I guess that's why you can't. Yeah. That's why you can't stereotype. <laughs> I mean, anybody. But and why this was such a weird and underwhelming election. I will say, you know, um, everybody. You guys are. Th- spoiler alert. This is California. You know, and I'm talking to you here from Vermont, where Bernie Sanders got six percent of the vote. Which was yeah, more was than like more than Gary Johnson and Jill Stein combined. You know, fit eighteen thousand people wrote him in. Um, oh, eighteen, yeah. More than Jill and Gary combined. Pretty wild. So you know, that's the. This is how the electoral change. Uh, it's it's so so ridiculous. But um, so what do you guys it was like? A pretty strange. If you just imagine the scene, just real real quick, it's like there's Bob Marley tapestries, people with dreads. People ripping bongs and like amped about Trump. So strange. Um, drain the swamp. Anyway. Drain the swamp. Rip the bong. Yeah. Like, oh God. Basically, God damn it. Um, <laughs> it's such a... But and, and you know another thing I think we want to talk about is the fact that that same night we also learned as as we were learning that Trump is you know now the most powerful man on the planet. We also learned that you know, recreational cannabis is also legal in California. Right. So it's like, ha ha, you guys, <laughs> you know, now you're all going to have, now you're all going to have to be legitimate non-criminals. And were yeah, people, exactly. the same people who were pumped about Trump getting voted in, were they, were they pumped to become non-criminals or, or a little disappointed that legalization is going to fuck up the business model? You know, going into it, I hadn't really had any insight into how I thought I didn't even know what they would think about that. I, in my mind, it's like, oh, it's going to be awesome. They get to do what they're doing without fear of repercussions from the police. Um, but when it happened, they were just like, man, this sucks. This is bullshit. And uh, I was just like, why? Well, you know, why? And like, well, now if I want to keep doing this, I probably either have to pay taxes or like, you know, the black market's going to get a lot weirder and smaller. And there's just not a, one of our biggest markets is uh, is medical. And medical is just not really going to be a thing anymore. And uh, so they were just all around bummed that, you know, they had to either go legit or, you know, either way they were losing money. If they went legit, they're going to be paying taxes and they're going to be part of the market in a different way and be making less money. Or they're going to still try and attach themselves to the black market, which is just going to sort of slowly dry up. And uh, they they were not pleased. I don't think... I don't think they saw it as like the end. They're like, oh, I guess I'm getting out of the weed business. But they they were not stoked about it. And I was, you know, being someone who's not really invested in the business in California, I was like, well, hell yeah, now I can drive all up and down the West Coast smoking weed. You know, like that sounds great. Like you can go on pot tours up Route 1. That'll be so cool. Logic, uh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be fantastic. And uh, But they, they were not into it. We didn't really... You know, they're not a incredibly talkative bunch, so we didn't uh, talk at great length about about it. But they were they were pretty bummed out, um, which was which was kind of a surprise to me um, because it's just in in my mind as someone who doesn't you know again doesn't know too much about it, like any sort of end to prohibition is a really good thing. Well, right, and we you you know I mean it's. I had this interesting experience, you know, when I was like reporting in Maine before they had the vote and it was 0.5, you know, I think the margin was like less than half of a percentage point. And there was a very vocal group 
and they weren't huge, but they were very vocal of people who were caregivers who were like making money in a legal way, you know, in still a, a very profitable way. And, you know, they felt like they had a good model and the regulation was going to fuck it up, you know? And so it's, yeah. it's one thing that, you know, here in, in Vermont, it's so, it's in some ways, you know, impeded us so much to have such a small medical system. And like, we're starting from a very kind of strange and weird and politically out of whack sort of point right now with trying to do all this shit at once. Um, but at the same time, we're lucky that we don't have, you know, dozens and dozens of dispensaries and storefronts and like huge operations. And, you know, it'd be nice to have functional small businesses like they've been having in Maine with caregivers. And I think we will have that and, and want to try to open that up with regulation. There should be, there needs to be access for people to participate. Um, you know, so it's, it's interesting hearing that and I'm not kind of that surprised. Like, you know, nobody wants the status quo to change. I think if you're a business, I think that's kind of a natural, <laughs> a natural progression yeah. part of why politics work the way they are and why chambers of commerce are, are kind of where they are, no matter what their intentions might be, you know? Yeah. Um, and I want to know, you know, like you said, as someone who favors regulation, like obviously we talked about coming back to back to Vermont and that's every, every Vermonters I think dream to come back here with, with enough, you know, either cash or comfort or opportunity to, to do their own thing. Um, where do you see yourself? You're going to be writing about it and, and we're pumped to be able to publish that. Um, your kind of experiences out here, but sort of what are you thinking looking forward for your own plans and sort of what would you like to see Vermont be able to, to offer as someone who, you know, is right in the wheelhouse of who we'd like to attract, retain, and, you know, have come back. Yeah. Well, it's, it's sort of funny um, what happened when I was, you know, tri trimming weed in, in California. We were, I was exposed to this pretty crazy, um, you know, trim scene. And I haven't really gotten into sort of the logistics of that place, but it was managed pretty haphazardly, you know, for they ran pretty roughshod over virtually everything they did from agricultural practices to accounting. Everything was pretty rough and strange. And it was just like, man, these, the only way these guys are getting away with their running, you know, could you even call this a business? Um, is because it's just like illegitimate and they don't have to worry about anything. Um, and then as soon as I got off the mountain or shortly after I got off the mountain, one of my good friends basically who's been sort of, uh, involved in the cannabis scene a little bit, um, for a few years is like, Hey, I'm going to go in, you know, now that it's sort of legal in Maine and it's hopefully going to be legal in Vermont pretty shortly. Like I want to start a, a, uh, you know, a grow operation, but I want to do it right. And I want you to sort of do some of the more um, brand strategy and sort of marketing stuff, which I have sort of a slightly smaller background in. Um, but like we, let's do it, you know, let's do it right. And I was sort of coming off of this trimming experience. I'm like, wow, if those guys can do it, pretty sure I can handle it too. And uh, so coming off of that and going into that was, uh, was pretty interesting. And the goal is definitely like we want to do it in, in Vermont. Vermont is the goal. And how do I see it? 
existing within Vermont is to sort of bring it full circle to what we were talking about in the beginning. I think Vermont's real advantage are these sort of beautiful, close-knit, collaboratory, um, you know, communities. And one sort of funny thing about Vermont is that Vermont's motto is freedom and unity, which is kind of a, you know, a uh, paradoxical you know, um, motto, right? You know, how can you be truly free and also unified? Those are almost opposite things in certain contexts. Um, but I think that's the real strength of Vermont. I mean, like we were saying about the South End, about the Conrad Birdhouse, all of these things are made so much more interesting and so much more powerful by being, you know, next to each other and by having a conversation. And I think the direction I see it is um, in in Washington, where you know where I'm living in Seattle, it's a it's a legal state, so I could go down, go downtown, get a joint right now. And they are just sort of these like really isolated, just sort of hubs of like me and my friends want to watch a movie and and eat you know eat a uh, you know cookie a, a wheat cookie together. And so you go there and you show them your ID and you pay for it in cash and you get this cookie and you go out and then you eat your you know you eat your cookie with your friends and it's just sort of this like isolated thing. It's like even, it's, it's not like a bar, right? And I'm, right. I'm not saying it necessarily should should be like a bar, but you, know, you go to a bar and you're like watching TV, you hang out, you drink your beer, you maybe buy a growler and go out. And I, and I think that's sort of a ways off. I don't expect it to be legal in Vermont and then snap it's like Amsterdam and there's coffee shops that people are like smoking weed out of. But I think that's, to me, the long-term goal, if we're talking about what I want it to be, I think that's absolutely the direction to head, is not these sort of really clean, isolated places where you go buy your drug. It's these community centers, because the really amazing thing about cannabis is everyone smokes weed, you know? Like, <laughs> it's and as it becomes sort of a more accepted thing and people and education increases and it becomes more available, um, more and more people are going to, and, you know, you got musicians for smoking, you have designers and artists and woodworkers and glass blowers. And it's just a, it's like this sort of facet to all these communities. You look at how people, you know, I work as a glass blower and basically every day at lunch, because it's legal. And I'm sure even if it wasn't legal, in fact, I actually worked at a glass blowing studio for a few weeks in California and it's not, it wasn't legal there at the time. And every lunch we would go smoke weed. And so you go and you watch how these glass blowers smoke weed and they all have their sort of attitudes about their pipes because they're, most of them are not pipe makers, but anyway, it's sort of this sort of facet to glass blowing is how they choose to smoke weed. And then, you know, when I went to the woodworking school, people were smoking weed there and it's not legal in Vermont, but people are smoking weed and they also have their attitude about their pipes. And, you know, I think sort of to general consensus would be that people smoke more joints in the woodworking community, which, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm making sort of a generalization there, but you, you get the sense that there's these different attitudes towards it and they are sort yeah, of a mark of pride yourself. and a mark, yeah. a mark of identity. And um, to sort of bring these communities together, because they're all doing it and they're all doing it in different ways. And I think it's a really interesting sort of, way that they can be themselves and also connect because that, right. that was one really interesting thing is, you know, just really specifically being a woodworker engaging with glass blowers. And then I, you know, I hang out with my friends who are in bands who are smoking spliffs and like, I don't smoke spliffs. I smoke out of these little pipes that I make uh, out of metal. And it's like, it's totally this thing that everyone does and they do it in their own way. And, 
I think the that's the really exciting thing well, about like, cannabis. Yeah, like you and said, I think, grouping grouping people together, let the joint smokers hang out with the joint smokers, whatever their their craft or trade is. You know, <laughs> let the split smokers hang out yeah. with each other, whatever. It's just it crosses across it it crosses so many of those different lines. Um, even in just that you know practical kind of tradition of it, it's such a funny, it's such a cool example. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked that we got a chance to to talk, and like I said, even more excited to kind of we've had other conversations and talk more about, you know, what you're going to write about, um, in bigger picture, you know, just pumped to support, support you guys and, and any and all endeavors with, with Hedy Vermont and, and Vermont's Awana and, you know, cool that our paths crossed from, you know, sort of local, you know, Vermont connections and then sort of reemerged around this topic, which has, yeah, you know, totally. frankly been like the most fun part of this whole experience for me has just been, being able to connect with other people in Vermont who are, you know, we got a guy who makes a product called, um, they're called Wana products. And he's got this really cool, like J question mark logo. And he, uh, he gives a bunch of swag and like we, ha- we handed it out at our last event and he actually makes super comfy hats. And he's a dude who's like staying anonymous, but I've met with him, you know, um, I guess I shouldn't have given away that it was a dude, this individual, <laughs> I'll go back and edit yeah. that, you know, uh, just totally not what you would expect. And it's been, yeah. it's been a really cool part of the process. And, you know, I think that there's a lot we can take out of, the, of this, of even just the future of young people in Vermont who want to be here, you know, and how you attract that. It seems like I wanted to ask you this about out West. Are people attracted there? I, I, I keep saying back here, right. That millennials and young professionals want to go to a place with legal weed because they know that it's, it's open-minded and laid back enough more than they actually want to go smoke weed, you know? Yeah. What's your I, impression I think that's of absolutely true? Yeah. Thank um, you. That, that's very, val- that's yeah, very, that's, that's very validating. <laughs> Cause I've been saying that without yeah, actually knowing I, and being out there, but um, it seems kind of obvious to me that you'd want that kind of environment and that that's what young professionals want more than, or as much as all these other kind of bullshit measurable things. Yeah. I, I definitely think that's true. Um, you know, many of my friends here don't smoke weed, but they really love that you can, because what it says about where you're at. You know, I mean, how how can you say that a place that doesn't smoke doesn't allow this not dangerous, not harmful thing? I mean, like I think anyone with common sense and and sort of a an internet connection to Google around can pretty quickly see that it's not you know i don't want to get too political about it but it's not a not a thing to really worry about it's sort of like a lobbying political thing um and so living in a place where it's allowed it's just unequivocally just implies that it's basically more forward thinking than somewhere that doesn't and uh you know i i don't think it's a coincidence that uh you know seattle is one of the most booming like tech places you know amazon's here and google's here and Amazon is building a huge campus downtown in Seattle. And, you know, I'm not saying they're doing it because, you know, cannabis is legal. But Amazon's like, going to have their own on-campus. Yeah. They're, they're going to have their own on-campus weed stop for sure. For sure. Probably. Or they're yeah, going to have drones delivering that's, weed. Thousand percent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not, Fuck it's not the reason they're here, but right. it's certainly part of the package. God damn it. That's not um, a bad reason to be there. What? I said it's not a bad reason to be there. No, it doesn't hurt at all. 
um, yeah, it's totally, totally part of why, you know, people are up to this stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's a, you know, I don't identify as a person from Seattle or anything, but, uh, I certainly appreciate it. And you can see it reflected in how people look at them, look at themselves as part of this community. And, um, I think it's just nothing but positive. I've never heard, you know, granted the, the sort of people I roll with in Seattle are younger artist types. So I'm not really hanging out with the type of person who would be anti-cannabis to begin with, but it's definitely more than something that people are okay with. It's people, something people are really excited about and it just opens up all these possibilities and being able to go out to a concert and like smoke weed and not feel like you're going to get in trouble. And it's just really cool. 100%. I think this has been very, very, in- very interesting, obviously. And like I said, we're, we're just pumped to feature any and all of the writing because I know you've, <laughs> you were able to take in a lot. Um, yeah, there, there's there a and, lot more. <laughs> well, yeah. And even, and, and going forward, you know, I mean, I think this is kind of, kind of the point of what we're trying to, what we're trying to do and, and, you know, seeing people who are out there putting their, their time and energy and, and name out there, um, you know, and trying to, trying to push forward because this is, you know, clear evidence. If we're saying, well, look here, here's proof. Here's somebody who would, who's from here, who would come back, who is working in this in a way right now, you know, who has seen economic benefit and who knows that it can add to this whole other cultural life. So it's, you know, you've actually, you've done a lot just by talking about this publicly. And, uh, I sincerely appreciate that. So thank you for coming on and we'll, uh, We'll make sure we put up, like I said, the the websites, the uh, the glass. People should definitely check your stuff out. It has been uh, it has been cool to to get to know you a little bit. And like I said, we're kind of just getting started here as far as being able to publish yeah. you. And and we'll talk again in the near future to be sure for the podcast and uh, and everything else that goes forward. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It is pretty. It's pretty awesome to talk. Definitely really inspiring, and it's great to you know see the path and the direction we're all sort of taking your head down. Just another dude with Super a dude with a stuff. smartphone and a laptop, man, you know? <laughs> hell, hell yeah. Wow, all right. Thank you again to Eli Atticus Jagger. Man, that was such a cool conversation to have with him. I cannot wait to meet that dude in person here in Vermont on the East Coast, or even better, get my ass out west and see what's really going on. I think he, uh, he shared some really neat insight, not only into the world of the... Um, unlicensed trim scene and being a, a migrant laborer out there in his first time and experienced impressions but kind of the the political scene i mean the imagining imagining ganja farmers for trump is one of the most surreal things but i think looking at the uh the bigger picture with prop 64 and california's legalization you know the people who are operating in unlicensed, illicit manner right now do not want things to change. You know, either way, they're either going to have to become legitimate businesses and start paying taxes, or it's going to be that much harder to operate illegally, and the prices are going to come down as far as what they're able to get. So, really interesting insight with with Eli. I also really enjoyed him talking a little bit more about the culture in Seattle. And again, one thing I've been saying for a long time has been that young people, millennials, you know, they don't want to go to legal states because they can smoke weed legally. You know, newsflash, if you look at the percentage of the population in the different age groups who smoke weed and conserve and, and consume cannabis right now, they're already doing it. Um, 
but that signal that it sends to people who are creative, to people who are progressive, that you live in a place where this is possible. And if this is possible, so many other things are possible. So to hear Eli articulate that was really, really cool. And just overall, one of my favorite interviews and experiences I've had, even though it was mostly me sitting here talking into the computer uh, 4,000 miles away from him, Really neat connection. So thank you again to to the Karma Birdhouse folks for putting us in touch. Thank you again to the Vermont Cannabis Collaborative for helping to make that connection. And thank you most of all to to Eli Atticus Jagger for being willing to come on here, give us some insight, and and eventually be featured as a writer on HeddyVermont.com. I encourage you all to check out his website, Welcome Hone. That's Welcome, H-O-N-E, WelcomeHone.com. Check him out on Instagram. Really, really talented artisan, creative dude, deep thinker. I can tell whoever has got the privilege to work with him in the world of cannabis, uh, and hopefully ourselves included in some certain ways, are, are really fortunate. So, awesome, uh, awesome episode, Vermont Awana Podcast, Episode 7, Elevate This State. We are going to try to continue to go on the week-to-week basis, so even though next week is a holiday, expect to hear my voice again. And we're going to keep on building this thing more and more. we got some really kick-ass guests coming up. Uh, and stay tuned to HeddyVermont.com, Vermont's Wanna Podcast. Stay positive out there, people. Stay optimistic. Stick together. And we'll all do this. Elevate the state.